Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to the altar tapes on the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad. I am Sheree, and today I am joined by Jamie. Hello. Can, can you hear it? Yes. We can leave it in. We can't. It's it's They've thundering heard and lightning. Yeah, you've heard weather before. It's thundering and lightning here on this very spooky southern summer afternoon in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> You're just being <laughs> underscored. Yeah, it just lightning behind me like a hammer horror film. But you know what? It fits the mood. I love it. Like Frankenstein is going to be resurrected tonight. It's great. Um, <laughs> but this is your first altar takes. Tell the people about you and your podcast and where to find you and your podcast. Hi, I'm Jamie of the Bloody Broads Pod. We're at Bloody Broads Pod on all social media. Yeah, so myself and my co-host Bhavna talk about horror every other week. Uh, We're coming into August as of this recording. And for August, we're doing a back to school theme where we each have picked a Goosebumps book for an episode. Yeah, I'm excited talking about, you know, what got us into horror in the first place. I'm obsessed because we all started with R.L. Stein somewhere in that like holy trifecta of authors. <laughs> right, right. I was like, listen, I grew up reading R.L. Stein and sneaking some Stephen King behind my parents' back and then also just staying up way too late watching Turner classic movies like the original House on Haunted Hill. So that's why I'm the, like how I am now. 
that's why I am how I am. Listen, and we love how you are. <laughs> um, our favorite glitter burrito on the Twitter streets. <laughs> yes, I'm at glitter burrito on Twitter. Um, I'm pretty sure eventually my like PR management, whatever, is going to want me to change it to my real name, but I will never. That is, I'm staying glitter burrito until, you know, until I just don't go on Twitter anymore. <laughs> Listen, but until then, it's it's a good time. We are here today to talk to you about the things we do when we're alone, written and directed by Matthew Lynn. So yeah, this is a weird one. I'm gonna give you the description and y'all can make the decision if you want to go track it down. I think you should, but what do I know? I just have three podcasts. Vlog line. With his wife and son gone for a weekend getaway, a closeted gay man copes with his demons of conversion therapy. So, like, I'm not even going to lie. It took me longer than it should have to catch that these flashbacks and memories were conversion therapy. Yeah. It took me a whole... I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. Because just like with a full-length film, I didn't want to know anything about this going Same. in other than the log line. Um, you know, I'm not into the trailers at all. I didn't read the log line because they're shorts. And so I'm just like, I'm going to get in it and I hope I don't get triggered. <laughs> so I just, I'm free-falling. And so, like... When I figured out what the memories were, I'm like, oh, but I was like, what are these weird flashes? Mm. So I wasn't entirely sure if that, what was going to happen, like where they were taking this, you know? Because at first I was like, okay, where is this headed and how offensive is it going to be? Because I just was interested in the aesthetic and I was like, oh no, what if I decided to let Sheree watch with me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we both get canceled in your first episode. <laughs> I know. That would be, you know what, just play the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song. That would be about on track for how this past couple weeks have been going, right? But, I mean, my whole thing was, because it took us a while to realize kind of what was going on with the flashbacks, I liked that he was bouncing the aesthetic of the 50s off the modern setting. I think it really drove home the idea that people think that homophobia like this is you know, in the past, but we've literally seen the last two Supreme Court verdicts that that's not the case at all. It is very much alive and well in America. Yes, And yeah, I, this, this short packs so much emotion into what, 17 minutes, if that. No, I was not ready. I was not ready because it like it's going to be like one of those polite little movies. And I was like, oh, we're going to talk about some things and we're going to maybe see a ghost. Um, and we, we quickly, <laughs> we quickly escalate. Like I, I didn't know where it was going again because I, I don't like to know things beforehand. And so I'm like, I don't trust this man. I also didn't like the fact that he does not lock his phone for his shady dealings. So his kid... Of course, was like, um, who's your new friend, daddy? And showing him this, like, headless chest pick of this dude. And then he, like, ropes his kid into lying to the mom. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I was like, sir, we are not going to parentify our child and give them even more trauma than this poor child probably already is going to have. But first of all, I love that he was on, like, a grinder knockoff. And he was like, do you have the costume? Because I was thinking, oh, we're about to get a meditation, you know, as long, as much of a meditation a short can be on repressed urges. And we did. But, (laughs) (laughs) man, did it go so far left from where I thought it was going in a good way, in my opinion. I mean, you know, 
No, I, I definitely liked it, but I was just like, I, I did not know where it was going from one commercial break to the next, because it had like two commercial breaks, which I think is rude, YouTube, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> We're not trying to make a dollar. Um, I know. But I, because I was like, I don't trust him. He's definitely a villain. And now I'm like, he's bringing his kid into his affairs. And I have strong feelings about that as a kid who didn't know that they were involved in an affair situation. Because parents, especially fathers, are shady fuckers. And so (laughs) they'll have you sitting there in this woman's house and you don't know what happened. (laughs) I'm literally shook. I wish people could see our faces because my jaw is wide open. I mean, here's the thing, because something kind of similar happened, not with like my family, thank God, but with like a friend's family. Mm-hmm. Um, we got like dropped off at like cheer practice one day and the dad was like, I'll be right back. And he's like <laughs> gone to the, yep, to the mistress's house as a whole thing. Gotta love growing up in like small town Alabama. But like parents bringing their kids into shit is my biggest like, I will fight you. I will... <laughs> Listen, let that child be a child. I I was an adult before I realized who that woman was and that it was the same woman that would call and hang up at our house. I was an adult because he would, on the few days, again, I don't love, I did never get along with my father and he died luckily when I was younger. But I remember <laughs> taking me, my little sister, my little brother to the mistress's house and like putting us in front of the TV. And then like- and like, here kids, park it. Right? And then when we leave and get ice cream and I'd be like, he's in a better mood. I'm not gonna ask questions because he's an asshole. And so I was like an adult watching Eve's Bayou and I was like, oh no, oh, oh. no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Kill Bill sirens going off as you have a deep realization. <laughs> right? Right? Cassie loves oh. new. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, but, and I think too, like, Having the kid be the only other character besides the victim that has a face, which we only get like a glimpse of, but you and I both, when we realized they were doing like the Dexter's laboratory to the mom, where we only see her from like the shoulders down, right. we, we were like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I think that's, to me, I was automatic, I automatically knew, oh, women are replaceable in his life. We're yeah. all just like headless torsos. <laughs> Like she's in a part of this aesthetic because yeah. he has to be the man with the woman and the child because that's what society dictates. I can't tell if this was supposed to be in America or not because his accent was giving me like maybe Australia or Britain, but also Southern American. And so I didn't know what we were doing. It was giving me a little bit of the coastal tidewater accent, which is that like foghorn leghorn, you know, <laughs> I do declare. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, the aesthetic is what again what really kept sealing the deal for me on the short is because I truly thought we were gonna like time leap or something that's what I thought the flashbacks were at first I was like oh are they like convincing this man he lives in the 50s but then obviously the cell phone gets pulled out right away also what a 50s hobby but taxidermy which low-key I kind of love that that was what he was into That's another reason I knew he was the villain because I've never seen a, a kind taxidermist on TV. They're always up to no good. Um, always. They're, they they have those skills kind, for reasons. Yes, we need some kind taxidermist representation. <laughs> like, we need the taxidermists who are not murdering people to step forward because um, the PR is not good for y'all. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta fix this. And he, when it zoomed out to show like his little collection of animals that he's taxidermied. All I could think of was the website slash, like, I think now it's just like a meme page, but bad taxidermy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And I was just like, I was like, oh, they, 
I mean, his looked okay, but the one he had, was working on, the bear, whatever he was working yeah. on, before I knew that it was going to be part of a suit, I was like, this is horrifying. And then when we got to that part of the short, I was like, oh, on purpose, on purpose. Got it, got it. <laughs> when, I, when I saw that head, I was like, what in the creep have we done? I was like we've gone too far <laughs> and there's the thunder and lightning um I feel like I should laugh like a villain every time that happens um but I sorry to like get myself my train of thought back on track because I was like you know what killed me is that I knew he was a, a killer once he, once the, you know, hookup got to the house, right? Like, cause they showed us the very Dexter setup of here's the plastic, here's his ax, whatever. But you and I both had the same reaction. I was like, did they bite that man's penis off? Listen, <laughs> cause I have follow-ups either way because I was like, oh, this man's in danger. Oh, that man doesn't have a dick. And I'm just like, if, <laughs> if you just ripped it off, um, I want to know what he's doing for his upper core strength, and maybe I should be like, doing right? that. Right? Like, drop the routine. I need That's to know. Because y'all know I'm a gym girly, so, like, I need to know what kind of pulls you're doing, like, what kind of lap pull-downs you're doing to generate enough strength to do that. I was really glad we only saw the blood spatter, though, because you know how yes. I feel about certain dismemberments. <laughs> I can only take so much, especially um, when it's realistic. Uh, this is if if he did rip that dick off, which I I'm ninety nine percent sure he did. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving that like one percent in case it was like something else because I don't know. Maybe there was a weapon and he pulled out something, but we didn't have time to like do it all. I I think it was a straight up dick though. Um, <laughs> this is the first penis mutilation I've seen in a short because I've seen them in film a few times now. Death yeah. of Gorgeous just happened and it gave us what I like to call the Play-Doh Fun Factory. Oh, <laughs> I remember watching that on Clubhouse with the guys and just being like. Y'all are nasty, and I like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, hope, I hope they know how much we love that scene. Hopefully they do. But I was just like, oh, this is a... I had this toy when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> no, like, if I were to put together a list of kills I've seen in these last two years, um, that is definitely one. Definitely one. I think it's more entertaining than a certain bread slicer, but you know what? I'm not here for the slander today. I am here... <laughs> this movie <laughs> we're trying to reel in our hateration which is uh a feat for you and i <laughs> listen no mary and jacob do another album on just the hateration between the two <laughs> i know i know it's 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 more than a damn series worth i can tell you that much <laughs> i mean it's just because we have very specific tastes and we have very specific thoughts on a lot of things um, but I am very glad that this was a mutilation, again, off screen, but I am glad yeah. it was a mutilation because it was very uh, Freudian for him to rip another man's dick off when that's like the object of his desire. And I get it, right? Like we talk a lot about feeling bad for a villain in any other kind of media, not just horror, yeah. but you know, <laughs> have a lot of thoughts about this and they're complicated. <laughs> Same, same, <laughs> same. Because he's he's complicated. Because at the end of the day, society made him this way, and I hate that cop out, especially for white serial killers. The Joker. <laughs> uh, listen, ooh, me and Joaquin Phoenix to get my hateration. But I, <laughs> and so like 
nobody he he was not a young gay man asking to be sent to this camp um that was not his mo i'm assuming we don't get that backstory he wasn't having a good time so i assume he was not here for that um and so i i feel bad for him and i think it's part of the reason why i'm okay with it aesthetic to not show the wife's face because I'm one of those bitches who's always like, we're just body parts to you, fucking chauvinist. Same. I'm always like, why? Every time I point out in a movie or a, even like on a poster, how often women just get reduced to like our tits, you know, and like our torsos, people get mad at me and I'm like, I'm just pointing it out. I'm you didn't draw it? Guys. Yeah, like, I didn't do this. No. Um, even, even people who consider themselves like progressive that make these things don't acknowledge like hey this shot of my female character is only part of her body listen this we we grew up in an era of like the 90s where we go to the video store and just see bits and parts of women on boxes yeah um a leg here a thigh there a back there a neck here she doesn't need a head um and I think that's I think that's one of the things that sends me about the stuff that I was reading and watching as a kid. Because I go back and I'm just like, where is her face? What is her name? Yes. <laughs> um, Who is this? Listen, just like a random ass cheek number two. And it's like, no, she <laughs> she had something. <laughs> I want that to be my next uh my next billing in something, <laughs> ass cheek number two. No, but like it's really interesting to me that so many people have such a visceral reaction to us bringing up this kind of stuff because they get so mad. Okay, first of all, let's just go there. If this was a female killer, mm-hmm. oh, vitriol from the jump. People would be like, I can't believe you get into the good for her genre. Da, da, da. Like, people yeah. drag me on the daily for being like, especially in film groups that I've been to, dis- you know, just discussion groups. I'll be like, yeah, sometimes I'm in the mood for a good for her film, but sometimes I like can't stomach the pre-revenge part you know like I don't Mm want to see that kind of thing and this is almost along the same lines but flipped right so like we see what made him quote-unquote like this Mm -hmm. but then we see his poor victim and you're like oh well but he was tortured literally to hate gay men but I just can't get over the idea that like and I don't think the filmmaker was was being misogynistic by making her, you know, just a torso down. I think it was, like you said, reinforcing the idea that she's just part of his aesthetic, his straight mm-hmm. cosplay. Like, right? <laughs> right? Like, he, he basically went to the store and was like, I need a woman, a child, a house. Um, I, I need <laughs> and a creepy hobby. Listen, um, and he's hiding in plain sight, like a lot of people who do weird things, like kill people. Um, and I think that, <laughs> and I think that because he's had to hide so much of himself, because again, he went to this conversion camp and he had to come out and get this life in order to be probably taken back in by his family because families are bullshit. And yeah. um, his like probably neighborhood because they're probably like, oh no, I saw so-and-so wear a pink floral shirt. Do you think he's queer? Because America is awful. If we're in America, I just assume all white because it's awful. I heard what? he wiped his ass. <laughs> right? How dare you? What kind of what kind of straight man uses soap? <laughs> I'm just like, why are we this way? Who he turned his fingernails. Listen, <laughs> what next? Haircuts and shampoo? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and so and so I think that he's hiding those urges and he's hiding that giant part of himself um, and that's why he's so easily able to hide he's a circular from his wife who again is just part of the aesthetic 
he's probably only ever given her the compliments. <laughs> like he's like one of those like um pull string toys, you know, where oh. she's like, honey, as a dress look, you look great. Honey, yeah. what are you for dinner? Boop, whatever you made. Um, yeah. And he's just playing through life waiting to kill men. Um. <laughs> oh my God. He's got like a list. He's like, well, I've done this, but I haven't tried that. What if I add some rope to this one? Like <laughs> that pun intended, I mean, pun unintended, kills me that he, I could just picture this totally because do you know what it reminded me of? I thought at first this was going to be a take on the BTK killer. Yeah. And I, this is going to, this is not, uh, I don't love him. I'm very interested in his case. I always have to preface when I'm like, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't, I'm not like a, I don't like glorify, you know, serial killers, whatever. But it's so interesting to me because he was a very prominent member of his church. He was, a, you know, a deacon or the, his church's version of a deacon, a Cub Scout leader. Like his daughter said that he was always like such a great dad, blah, blah, blah. And you're right. Like he was able to commit such horrible, heinous things because he was able to mask. And that's what scared me so much after watching this short is that, you know, in those little over, you know, 17 ish, almost 20 minutes, we get a fully fleshed out character that scared me more than some characters from feature films that have come out in the last five years. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's 100% that because it's always the person you know, not to be copying from Scream. Um, it's always I, the person I will, you know. I will copy from Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and that's what makes it that's what makes it more fascinating because like it's anybody can just be like, I'm a villain, I'm an awful person, and be loud about it. But it's the people who are quiet and they blend in and you don't notice them. The wallpaper people, those are the ones who are doing the most fucked up shit. Not the <laughs> wallpaper people. <should. laughs> like drives kids to PTA, has the class of Chardonnay, has a book club. But that one Saturday she gets to herself every year. Guess what she's doing? Mutilating men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I can mm-hmm. think about is the vine that's like, what's worse, a child? <laughs> like, what's worse? <laughs> yeah, what's worse, a serial killer? Um, but I think, you know, just to go back to the whole idea of we do still feel for him, right? Because he is able to mask who he is and he's so good at playing pretend like he's still a serial killer like he's still a shitty person yeah he straight up killed a man in front of us and we we we're like clearly this man didn't deserve to die trying to like do a random hookup because we've all been in a random hookup we don't deserve to die for it like um but also like he in a weird way is sort of like killing a part of himself every time he does this and it's painful to watch Correct. Okay. I'm so glad you said it that way because I've been having a hard time articulating what each kill symbolized for me. Because we don't, we only see this one kill. Again, it's a short. We only see this one kill, but we do kind of see the implied aftermath of his others. Um, And, you know, just thinking about his upbringing and like his conversion therapy, there's a phrase that I've heard echoed by you know, my therapist, other mental health professionals, uh, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. And if you want to soften that, you can say it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. And it's true because no, we didn't choose to be brought up the way we were brought up, but you have to grow out of how you were raised. So he, he, yes, I know this is a short and yes, it's fiction, but he 100%, if we're applying this to an actual person, could have had the choice to grow out of I mean, and I hate to even call it homophobia because at this point it's just brainwashing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the conversion therapy. And 
you know, it's, we don't have to become a serial killer, right? Like, right? not be an asshole. Um, but I think this is such a great picture of how we feed boys and people who are assigned male at birth. The idea of like aggressive heterosexuality, you know, like men are warriors, which is hilarious if you've ever met a modern Listen. American. <laughs> um, no shade. I, I love you guys dearly, but woo. Um, but it's also how we wind up with 19 guys in a trailer driving to a parade to shoot it up. Um, if you've been watching the news recently, like it's so, and I hate to say toxic because everyone's going to roll their eyes at this, but it's toxicity. Like we're, we're poisoning the well, so to speak of our, of our children by telling them like, Hey, you can only like the opposite sex or you can only be this one specific way, you know, insert whatever way that is here. And it makes me so sad to think about how there are people like this in real life. And they obviously not are all serial killers, but they're all living these miserable lives because they have to blend in. Like they have to be the deacon at church. They have to be the pastor's wife and not even like religion wise, but like they have to be the perfect PTA mom or the perfect, you know, dad to their kid or whatever. And that doesn't include a non-heterosexual life, which sucks. Like that's horrible. It's that internalized hate that like a lot of us have to overcome because again, we are, especially those of us in America, America is not kind to anybody who's not a straight white cis man. <laughs> and so like a lot of us are carrying it around and doing damaging things to people in our community who share our identities. Like how many women are the first ones to be like, what was she wearing? And I'm like, fuck you. Beatrice. <laughs> uh, the fact that, okay, sorry, I keep talking about the Supreme Court, you guys, but it was so recent that it's like right, you know, on the surface for me right now, emotionally. The fact that Amy Coney Barrett is such a ghoul, like, <laughs> yes, I said ghoul. I hope someone that she knows hears this and it hurts their feelings. Send her the tape. Send her the tape. Send her the tape. <laughs> I, want her, I want her to know it was me. That was my um, favorite death on that show. I same. Thank you. Um, but in all seriousness, like, you know, it's not that I don't want to be more accepting of other people. It's that they make it so damn hard because I can, okay, we've said this before on other podcasts that you and I have done together, but it's one thing to be like, I love crunchy peanut butter. Oh, I only like creamy peanut butter. It's another thing to, in like, to institutionally build ways to make it more difficult for your fellow person to live that is evil to me Listen. like that is pure evil the people who were like you gotta reach across the aisle it's like i would reach across the aisle and bitch slap a bitch because what, what i'm not gonna do is have babies <laughs> while my friends can't get married <laughs> immediately no full no. stop i think the people that have never met us are gonna be like wow they're going hard in the pain on this episode but our, our people who listen to us you know on our own pods regularly will be like oh, this is mild um, right? They're like, they had, a, they had an off day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, Jamie, they can tell Jamie's sick. Um, but it, the aesthetic of this too ties into this whole idea of like, it looks beautiful, but it's rotten on the inside because that's the perfect metaphor, I think, for American life in general, but especially this whole, like having a facade and having to stay in, in the closet, at any kind of closet, you know? And I just feel the person I felt for the most is the person that we don't see, but for the first 45 seconds of the film, I felt for his wife because she has no idea. And she, it's going to fall back on her when it inevitably comes to light that this man is a serial killer. Listen, like I, I always feel bad for the wives because 
often they are also perpetuating this ideal of a family, even though they're not happy. Like I, I, I have a random list I'm accumulating in the back of my brain of women who are eternally screaming <laughs> for their homemakers. Um, and I was watching, cause I've been rewatching the Carmichael show um, because I need something to enjoy. And today I the, episode, the episode I saw today was the one where they um, are trying to tell her that Joe has another son, which after you see his newest standup, Nathaniel. Yes. After, I am happy to be watching it because like when I was watching it the first time, I was like, oh, ha, 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 ha. But now I see Rathaniel, I'm like, he was pulling from real life shit. Yeah. <laughs> and no wonder it's funny. Um, but it was funny I watched that episode and then rolled in to rewatch this twice so we could record this. because I didn't know the episode was next. I don't remember. It was like five years ago. I don't know what's yeah. next. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was funny because I was like, I feel bad for her because again, she was of a generation where she was told if she grew up, had kids and married, she would be taken care of. And that's the life that she could reach for. She wasn't ever asked, what do you want to be, little girl? What do you want in a life? And that's what scares me so much about current affairs, you know, like just, <clears throat> and we can talk about this later because I need to send you a TikTok where a conservative radio host admitted he was like we're the christian taliban and i was like sir you said the quiet part out loud <laughs> but that's what these people was it joe rogan no thank god <laughs> i don't want to hear i don't want to be gone just <laughs> i'm throwing <laughs> i'm throwing the uh, metaphorical salt circle around me right now but it's what people who do conversion therapy want like they just can't imagine someone being happy any other way. And I know some people are really misguided and they're also raised in these kind of fundamentalist, I'm going to say a cult because I think that's what it is. And they think they're doing something right. They think they're on this like holy crusade and whatever, but they're permanently damaging people. <laughs> and again, you know me, I'm always going to talk about generational trauma. I just think about like this poor child's going to look back in a couple years and be like, holy shit, my dad was a gay serial killer. <laughs> he might not have had that realization all at once, but you know, pieces. Like, I mean, and then the wife is going to be left in shambles and people are going to be like, how did you not know he was a killer? You lived with him. Cause that's, they always blame, always. they always blame her first. Always. And then at the end of the day, all the victims' families, because this guy clearly killed more than once. He's got like a build a man, like just <laughs> build a bear. So I guess I literal build a bear. <laughs> he has a literal build a bear. <laughs> He's got a dismemberment room with his build a bear suit. But yeah, I just this the reason I chose this short is because it packed so much of these feelings into such a short time frame, and I loved it. <laughs> Right, right. And I'm happy, I'm happy you said that because uh, society will always find a way to blame the woman, um, even if yeah. the woman has nothing to do with it and there are bigger fish to fry. Like oh, the the woman who um the woman who was a child that Roman Polanski assaulted, um, she was on Twitter the other night because people were blaming her mother for what happened to her again instead of blaming Roman Polanski, who is still working and making movies to this day in France. How is that punishment? He took himself to France and actors pretend they don't know what he did so they could work with him. He said, let me be a Polanski in Paris. I'll talk to y'all later. First of all, of all the countries that it's a punishment to be in, France is pretty low on the list for me personally. I think of other countries. I can think of many other countries. Um, I have a damn good time in France and I'm sure he's having a great time and I'm mad about it. (laughs) Right? That man deserves nothing in life. Okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox, but continue. But yeah, I was watching this woman have to defend her mother to be like, um, first off, 
<laughs> my mother did nothing. I was a child and I was in the business and she did not know that there was a pedophile waiting for me that y'all would just like get away with murder. I'm paraphrasing. She didn't say all of that, but that was yeah. my <laughs> taking care of trolls. I forgot how it came up. I think that I don't know. Roman Plante was trending for whatever reason, and I hate that when he does it. But someone has a new movie coming out. I I like to list the names of people who work with him, um, so I know they're trash. Like I knew Adrian. Um, oh my God, was it not? Yeah, it was Adrian Brody. Um, yes, I was getting like Adam. So Adrian Brody did the pianist with that fool, but also Adrian Brody did other fucked up shit, like on SNL with the reggae and the wig. I forgot about that. And the kissing Halle Berry without her consent at the awards. The the Halle Berry thing I remember, but the, I just had a mental image of him wearing the Rasta wig on SNL and I just cringed so hard. I was like, oh. He was out of pocket for so long and nobody was ever like, um, white man rising. Um, but he worked (laughs) with... But he worked with Roman Polanski, and I, that's when I was like, wait, I know Polanski, and I know I'm a child, so I know this man knows, right? And then, of course, the other receipts came out and about, and I was like, mm, he has been trash for a while. Thank y'all for letting me know I missed some things. Um, but yeah, white men in America. The battle continues. The true pandemic. Uh, I, that is the true pandemic. <laughs> we sound, you know what we sound like right now? Because I could already, I could do a parody of us perfectly. Um, we sound like those TikToks of people imitating guys on podcasts. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I like the I like the one where she's the filter makes her bald, but she's brushing the bald spot. Like that kills me. Anyways, uh yeah, and I I'm having a hard time articulating the depth of my emotions after rewatching this because I watched it first when we picked it, and then I watched it again right before we spoke and I think it was more impactful the second time Mm -hmm. just because I got the shock value out of the way. And now I can be, you know, kind of a a film student about it and watch it for more in the symbolism. But I mean, kudos to the whole team involved, because I think this could be a feature film and it could really hurt some feelings in the right way. I, I would be here for it because again, it's a feature. I mean, it's a short, wow. It's a short, but it has like feature aspirations, like even the color. Cause like we're talking about the aesthetic, but things were so blue because clearly he's not happy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> the coloring was incredible. Like if nothing else, the production value on this was so well done. Like, and that's 90% of the battle, right? Like if you have good sound and a good colorist, Done. You can kind of get away with a lot of other shitty stuff in your movie. Like, <laughs> shitty meaning, like, shitty quality-wise, not, you know, don't do shitty things. <laughs> right, right. No, if you have colorists and you got sound and you got at least one actor, you got a good time. <laughs> um, but that your people. So... <laughs> that sounded vaguely, um, uh, I'll take <laughs> after dark. But yes, pay your people, pay your people. I have broken tray. That's what we all are. <laughs> but um, out of five bear heads, what are we giving this, Jamie? <laughs> I didn't have Jamie is drinking. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just took a swig of my Diet Coke and I was like, huh? Um, I'm going to give this a five out of five bear heads. Um, a five out of five ripped off penises. <laughs> like it's... Ooh. It was good. <laughs> I, I too want to give it five out of five bare heads and ripped off penises. I think that it deserves <laughs> all of those. Look, had I been a better person, I would have tried to do something with pickled peppers, but I just, the spirit's not with me today. 
Oh my god! Pick a pa- pick a pack of pickled peckers. There you go. <laughs> I'm straight to hell for that one. Let's go ahead. And but I do want to know basket. what does he do with them when he takes them. Well, I want to know what where he's hiding the bodies. Like I wanted more. I was like, why can't this be a gay Dexter TV series? <laughs> I would watch. I would watch. <laughs> but I especially need to know if that person who, if Matt, let me go get this actual name. So I'll make up a name on the spot. I'm guilty of it. I've done it I multiple times. If Matthew Lynn ever listens to this, please tell me what he does with the penises. I just need to know. You don't have to make it's it a whole paragraph. Curious. You could just be like under the wife's table or in like the sandbox at the school. Just tell me, just a location. I just need to what know. If for- he, what if he taxidermies them? <gasps> <laughs> I'm sick. It's fine. Can you imagine that's like a side business? Because who's buying like taxidermied animals right now? But people are always buying like dildos and toys. I don't know if I want it. But like, if you don't know how it's made, like how the sausage gets made, (laughs) it's not not on the box. We're just racking up the express (laughs) tickets to hell right now. It's really fun. Joe is probably at this point going, these two can never be on the same episode. Episode again. I will keep them separated. <laughs> we're like, he's the teacher and we're like the two bad kids in the back of the class. Just like yeah. making joke jokes. Yeah, we're going to detention. But he's laughing while he's sitting this because he knows Correct. it's the good stuff. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but yeah, let us let us wrap this up before we get into more trouble. <laughs> Jamie, remind the people where they can find you and Bloody Bronze. Yeah, so uh, I am at Glitter Burrito on Twitter. I'm at Jamie Kirsten Howard on Instagram, my full name. And Bloody Broads is at Bloody Broads Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Anchor. And we are wherever you listen to podcasts. And they are a damn good time. Get into it. Uh, I I have been Sheree again. Um, <laughs> it's an ongoing battle. <laughs> You can find me at Miss Sheree on Instagram and Twitter. You can find one of my podcasts, A Nightmare on Fear Street, at Nightmare Fierce on Twitter, A Nightmare on Fear Street on Instagram. And you can find Blurdy Massacre, my other, other podcast, <laughs> at Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter and on Instagram. You get what I mean. I've done this before. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.